County is full of amazing stories, and the purpose of this podcast is to collect those stories from the people that live them. Where We Landed is a podcast that recognizes our whole history told by the individuals that live and love this small Indiana county. Welcome back, everybody. We are here for another all-new episode of Where We Landed. This is the podcast where we collect the stories of our friends and neighbors here in Grant County and learn more about them and and why they love our, our community. So I'm Kylie Jackson. I'm joined today with co-hosts Alicia Hazelwood. Hello, hello. And Scott Miller. Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> Ooh, I like that. That one was good. Well, changing up a <laughs> little bit. Stay with yeah. that one. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. <laughs> All right. Uh, we have, um, I might be the most excited for our guest today of, of any episode we've had so far, but uh, I can't wait to hear hear this man's story and and more about his life. But before we get to our guest, I'm going to turn over to Alicia um, to get us going. Okay, so I have got some would you rather questions that I'm going to read and everybody gets to answer. So our guest gets to answer too. We learn a lot about each other, like many of us do not like styrofoam, <laughs> while some of us do. And I think we're actually going to learn something about ourselves as we figure out what questions people decide to ask too. So I've got hopefully some fun ones today. So the first question is would you rather find your way through an intricate maze with only a pencil and a piece of paper to help you or with only a compass? Oh, pencil and piece of paper. I don't actually know how a compass works. <laughs> it's It's got an N at the top. <laughs> yes, yeah. at the bottom. It's I, mean, I know, what, I know what it looks like. Yeah. I, I don't know how it would help me in a maze. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm not sure how you draw your way out of a maze either, Kylie. But I'd probably use a compass. I think that would be a little helpful for me. Okay. What about you, Art? Oh, well, I think of the popcorn uh, mazes that the farmers have, local. And uh, I, I kind of think uh, I think a, a compass would help, too. <laughs> yeah. Uh, getting being able to remain oriented <laughs> yeah. on where you are and which direction is north would, would be helpful. My dad, you guys are probably right. My dad being a <laughs> sailor, I know he would want me to choose compass and I do know how to use a compass, but I'd still want that piece of paper that shows me like, oh, I went that way already and it didn't work. So I better, I already turned right. So now I need to turn left. Yeah. But I'd, yeah. least, I'd write a note for whoever was going to find me, maybe. I don't know what, what else <laughs> paper would do. Kylie was here. Yeah. No. <laughs> so this question reminds me of Scott's pirate uh, a couple of weeks ago. So would you rather have your feet replaced by wheels without brakes or have your hands replaced by hooks? Hmm. <laughs> um, I'll go first. Okay. <laughs> I think I'm going to go with hooks for hands because the last time I roller skated, I broke my <laughs> arm. So I better, uh, I better stay on my, my, my two feet. <laughs> uh, I, I would go for the wheels. I like using my hands. <laughs> so, not that I don't like using my feet, but, but I think having wheels would be a, a nice little change of pace. All right. Yes. Yeah, so I, I, I tend to, Go with Scott on that. I, I want my retain my hands because it, just the, the mere thought of not having full mobility with them, 
it's a kind of a scary. <laughs> we we just use our hands so yeah. much. And, yeah. Oh, you just scratched your head, and if you're if you had a hook for a hand, that's dangerous. Yes. <laughs> There's your exactly. life right in front of you, Kylie. Right, right there. I'd say wheels. I used to roller skate, so I think I could handle the stop. Like I used to stop without right. brakes anyway. So you're the oddball this time, Kylie. Okay. So that was question what two, three, yeah. something like that. Anyway, um, this one also reminds me of Scott. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Would you rather have arms that hang to the ground or be seven foot tall with your legs only making up two of those seven feet? Why does that remind you of Scott? Because of so the question when he was asking about the height, then he tried to oh, ask it yeah. twice and we'd already answered it. <laughs> uh, I, I knew that's where I was going. <laughs> um, I would like, what was the first option? Because I don't like arms the two-inch legs. <laughs> arms that hang to the ground or be seven foot tall with only two feet of that being legs. Yeah, I'll take the arms that hang to the ground. <laughs> Kylie? I think arms that hang to the ground. I think those would be really uh, helpful. Helpful, yeah. Like yes, stretch well, Armstrong. Yeah, that uh, arms to the ground reminds me of uh, seeing uh, the uh, gorillas. Uh, <laughs> right. how they have those extensions that are able to get those bananas and <laughs> other resources. Yes, I'm, I'm definitely yeah. with the long arms. <laughs> I'm going with long arms because I don't know how you would balance yourself on five foot body but two feet legs like i don't know how that would work actually it would look like one of those like tweedledees <laughs> exactly <laughs> i couldn't do it all right last question okay live in, would you rather live in a world where you need a quarter to go to the bathroom regardless of where including your home or where every bathroom only had one square of toilet paper to use. Oh, I would use the quarter. <laughs> Same. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A square, that's not going to be near enough. <laughs> Art, would you pay a quarter every time or just use one square for free? There, there's uh, something repulsive about having to pay to relieve that uh, Certainly, that of the two options, I'd rather have that be than <laughs> just the one square because one square is not going to handle. <laughs> we all agree we need more toilet paper than one square. <laughs> I feel like I know a lot more about you all. So, all right. Well, thank you for those. You're very welcome. Well thought out questions. I think I'm going to be grounded from yeah. using the questions again. <laughs> so, I think you're going to be frisked for those cards. <laughs> you're allowed to enter any. We're nearer the four of us. <laughs> well, I, I uh, have the privilege today of introducing our, our guest. And um, uh, this gentleman arrived in Marion in 1952. So this is, will be his 70th year in Marion. And I actually have gotten to know our guest over the last couple of years through the merger of our Rotary Clubs here in Grant County and have thoroughly enjoyed getting to know uh, our guest. He, he also spent 38 years at Marion General Hospital, and, uh, and our guest today uh, is Art Faulkner. So, Art, welcome to our podcast. I'm it's, glad to be here. It's so good to have you, and, and I'm really looking forward to your story. I know I had mentioned in your intro that you arrived in Marion in 1952, but uh, I would love for you to share your story, where you were born, 
your early years, and then what brought you uh, here to Marion, and then what's kept you here in Marion? I mean, being in Marion for 70 years, that's a, that's a great accomplishment. Yes, indeed. Uh, I, I just truly believe that the Lord has uh, a role in directing our feet, and I truly believe that he bent for for me in particular to be here in Marion, Indiana at this point. And certainly it is through his guidance and direction that our family has been able to, to prosper here in Grant County. Uh, my dad, uh, who passed away in 1982, uh, was called to be pastor of the St. Paul Missionary Baptist Church. Uh, and so he, uh, had to hog tie us and <laughs> drag a, the family up here screaming and hollering because uh, we didn't know what a Hoosier was. <laughs> and we certainly were not anxious to leave our beloved home in, in uh, Bloomfield, Kentucky. Uh, but with his wisdom, uh, he brought us to Indiana, and uh, we have established some extremely deep roots here. And it has turned out to be a blessing to our whole family that uh, he opted to to have us move to Marion, Indiana. I think if he'd had duct tape at that time, he would have used it. <laughs> but uh, uh, I am a strong advocate of duct tape, and I have a variety of rolls of duct tape in various colors for immediate use for any emergency. So uh, I, uh, my kids, uh, they all kid me about it, but they know where my duct tape is. And when they're around the house, they I find them using it. And even down to my great-grandkids who, uh, who I see uh, uh, with a roll of my duct tape. So I'm, I buy a lot of that over at uh, Lowe's. Uh, never be caught without duct tape. <laughs> My strongest uh, advice to anyone listening to this. But uh, we had uh, 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 great uh, misgivings about uh, moving to Indiana, but it has turned out to be the best move that uh, my dad could have made. My dad... Uh, uh, Dr. R.H. Faulkner was uh, dean of education for the National Baptist Convention out of uh, Nashville, Tennessee. And as such, he, he was uh, in constant motion throughout the nation in educational, religious educational matters. And he was instrumental here in Marion in uh, giving education to a number of the ministers who are presently pastors here in Marion. And I'm not going to name them because I'm sure I'd leave out one, but they have given great homage to him and his direction. And in, in pastoring our church for 30 years, Dad provided a great deal of leadership, and he was involved in civic matters such as uh, the March of Dimes, and he was uh, helpful in integrating 
Matter Park swimming pool, which uh, is not there anymore, but uh, one time it was segregated and he was a part of the, the movement to open that to all of Marion citizens. So I, I got my involvement in public service partially as a result of that and as a natural outgrowth of uh, being in the city and wanting to contribute to uh, serve in any area that was available. I had the good fortune of being food service director in, at Marion General Hospital. I have to adapt to the new name, Marion <laughs> Health. And I've been an MGH'er for uh, oh, 70 plus years. And so it's, uh, it's uh, uh, an adjustment for me to get used to the new name. I know that the hospital is endeavoring to show its broader picture of relating to the total health of the community and not just as the, within the confines of Marion General Hospital, but I have been an MGH. -er <laughs> I think I think I'm hearing you say, "I will not conform." <laughs> it will always be MGH. <laughs> I, I have I have shirts with MGH on it, and it's it's going to take me a while to adjust to. Uh, so Marion Health, if you're listening, Art needs some Marion Health swag to help yes. him adjust with this. Yes. Uh, <laughs> when you see that MGH, it, it's just bred into you. And uh, uh, I applaud the hospital administration for being progressive. But yet it's tough, tough to teach an old dog new tricks. <laughs> but uh, I have extreme loyalty to the hospital for the resources that it has provided to me and my family and for allowing me the, the freedom to for being totally integrated into the community in a number of boards and activities. And I, I Scott has mentioned uh, our Rotary Club, how we have combined in our uh, service club has made us aware of how many things, how many fine services there are in Grant County. And we're very blessed to, to live in a community as philanthropic as, as uh, the Marion community is. We keep getting updates on uh, organizations, organizations that are doing well and deserve our charity and our support. Uh, we just got an update on the uh, uh, the uh, nursing license. Uh, Visiting nurses. Visiting yeah. nurses association, yes, and how they have changed their name to. So, in the era of name changes, uh, <laughs> they presented that to us, but an awareness of their hospice service and how they are very much available. And there are so many organizations such as, as them who are charitable and that uh, perhaps all citizens are not aware of. But uh, we became, within the last couple of weeks, aware of the services they provide. 
And another organization is the Marion Boys and Girls Club. That's mm -hmm. another service club, uh, service organization that we as a Rotary Club have provided support to individually and as a club uh, in support of what Mr. Morrell has done there in bringing it back from nearly uh, uh, being obliterated mm -hmm. to, to where it is now a vibrant and growing organization. So I would encourage anyone in the community that uh, if you have charitable thoughts that you would consider the Boys and Girls Club uh, in helping them to expand the services that Ms. Morrell has been doing a very fine job with and uh, helping our young people having opportunities for educational ventures and to improve themselves. So you moved here with your dad when he took over a church and pastored. So you've lived here for 70 plus years. Yes. You mentioned in the green room before we got to uh, recording the podcast that your family um, is connected to Weaver, the town, the town of Weaver, which is just outside the community. And um, we had talked earlier this month with uh, Andrew Morrell and his family was out there as well. So would you mind sharing a little bit about your experiences moving here at the time frame that you did, finding the connection to uh, the Weaver community and how those roots are ingrained in you and your family? Yes, uh, I mentioned my Uncle Clarence. Uh, he was uh, an entrepreneur and he uh, had uh, a farm out in the Weaver area. And I'm sure he was the connection between his brother um, my dad, Robert H. Faulkner, uh, and the church. And when they were, were seeking a pastor, I'm sure Uncle Clarence had a part in that. <laughs> I got a brother that happens to be a pastor. Yes. <laughs> Let's get the family home. <laughs> and, and Uncle Clarence had, uh, he, uh, he was a, a real go-getter. He had property over uh, uh, around 10 acres in, within the city of Marion, uh, where uh, between 12th and 14th Street, mm. and uh, ultimately that is where we built our new church in uh, 1988 under our, our then new pastor Carson Adams. Mm. Carson Adams is uh, is presently the pastor of the church. And our St. Paul missionary has been blessed to have continuity of leadership for uh, the last six decades wow. under uh, First Dad and then Carson Adams, who took over and is still uh, the pre present pastor of our church. Wow. Uh, Sounds like Carson Adams is someone we need to have on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I, I think you would enjoy having him. <laughs> Uh, he is a strong intellect, and uh, we were blessed to get him here from Texas. And uh, he and his wife, Janice Adams, have been major contributors to our present community, uh, providing great leadership in our church. Uh, when he came here, we had, uh, we were living at our, our, had our church. Uh, 
uh, emanating from West 7th Street and a facility that my, that my dad uh, had built. And then uh, we were outgrowing that facility. And so uh, we decided to look for uh, an expanded facility. So we got together a building committee in uh, 85 and I chaired that committee and we teamed with a local architect, uh, John Robinson, who just recently passed away. And uh, with John and our building committee, we got the plans together for building our new facility, which we moved to in 1988. So we uh, teamed with him and John uh, led us, we had a great partnership uh, he led us into building a round facility, and it has proven to be very functional. Mm. John, uh, as I said, uh, recently passed away, was very proud of our uh, partnership, and he did, uh, he spoke very well of, of that. In fact, he mentioned it, it was mentioned in his obituary of uh, how pleased he was with the facility that we built over there on West 14th Street. Hmm. And uh, it has proven to be a very functional facility. And uh, we are getting, uh, we have a lot of innovative ideas in the facility, and it has proven to be very functional. But, uh, Bobby Warmsby was part of that committee, and some of the committee members have passed on to glory but uh, we have uh, uh, very proud of that church over there, and we have been dealing with the COVID. Uh, we, are, we are open for service, and uh, we still require that everyone wear a mask, and we have selected seating, but we are uh, able to present our services on Facebook on Sunday mornings, at nine o'clock. So we invite anyone who hears this that uh, you will hear a very inspirational sermon from our pastor, Carson Adams, and someone who is really committed to this community. So Art, we've made it over 20 minutes and we haven't talked about Mrs. Faulkner. Uh, <laughs> you want to tell us how you met Rita, uh, about maybe your, your kids. Tell us about your family. Okay. I am very proud of my wife, Rita M. Smith, when we moved here to Marion, and I remind her often how she chased me <laughs> uh, and uh, eventually captured my heart. Uh, we were members. She has been a member of our church since uh, we moved here, and uh, she got to be good friends with my family, and my sister, younger sister, Patricia, in particular. And so we were always around each other. Uh, we dated while we were in high school. And uh, when I uh, moved away to school, we uh, gradually worked up uh, a relationship, and we decided to get married in 
1964, two weeks after I graduated from Purdue. So uh, I just remind her I never stood a chance. <laughs> but, uh, and uh, she has been uh, a key part of our relationship. We will have, we will observe our 58th anniversary in June. Wow. And uh, it has turned out to be a wonderful relationship. I have, I didn't have, uh, over the years, learned to appreciate her. She has a warm heart and concern for kids, and she has a wonderful singing voice. She recently sang at the Girls' Regional, God Bless America, mm. and she has sang the national anthem at uh, ball games for the Marion Giant uh, on several occasions. Plus, uh, she has used her talents with the Martin Luther King Choir uh, uh, over the years. We have worked together on the Martin Luther King uh, uh, Committee Martin Luther King ceremony each year, recruiting people for the choir, and of course she she participated in the singing portion. I have been excluded from that. <laughs> I love that he says excluded. Like I didn't opt out of it. I was told no. <laughs> like they didn't even ask. <laughs> no, a, a person has to know their limitations, and I have. I'm more involved in the recruitment than <laughs> in the singing portions, but we have been we've enjoyed the, that chance to uh, be involved with Indiana Wesleyan and the Martin Luther King program. And Rita attended Indiana Wesleyan for a couple of years. Uh, her intent was to become an edu uh, elementary education teacher. But uh, she uh, began work at Marion General Hospital for a number of years as an admitting supervisor, and she got an opportunity to uh, get employment at Fisher Body. So she uh, made the, the bold move to go there, <laughs> and she worked in the uh, purchasing area. For, at General Motors for 31 years. Wow. So uh, in the meanwhile, supporting my various activities in the community, and then we were able to produce four beautiful kids. That has been our proudest achievement. Uh, we have two girls and two boys. Our oldest, Tamara Brown, is a cardiac recovery nurse in uh, Centennial Towers Hospital in Nashville, Tennessee. And my, she, to her credit, is a strong advocate for her patients. She will not allow her patients to be abused or mistreated. She will question anyone in the medical staff if uh, there is a, a move that she feels is, is questionable. And uh, so she has uh, 
been involved there for about 20 years and is the one of the foundation nurses for Centennial Hospital. She is one of the doctor's requests when they have a procedure. And so she's uh, married to uh, Dr. Myron Brown, who is a chiropractor in Nashville. And they have two beautiful kids, uh, O'Neill and Camille. And they are both graduates of University of Tennessee and uh, my pride and joy. <laughs> uh, our second girl is uh, Rosalind. Rosalind has worked for Carry Services. And she is a modern-day miracle. She managed to contract the COVID virus, and we came very close to losing her. Uh, but uh, she is uh, now recuperating, and uh, she stayed with us, Rita and myself, for a while during her recuperation. But we feel very blessed that she is alive. Uh, the doctor, Patel, uh, who served her, was very afraid that he was going to lose her. And we came very close to seeing her pass away. And so we are very, we feel very fortunate that she's still with us and she is proceeding on her path to recovery. Uh, our third child is Arthur II. And Arthur is a civil engineer. He followed me to Purdue University. Go Boilers. And, <laughs> <laughs> yes, I Says you, the other Boiler alumni <laughs> in the room. Our, Arthur graduated in, I think, 91. And he is a civil engineer in Columbus. And he also is a, a insurance agent for Primerica. Uh, he enjoys doing both aspects of, of his work. And then our fourth child is Andrew Benjamin, who is a healthcare recruiter in Austin, Texas. Uh, Andrew is a, a lover of, of cooking. He enjoys very much that. And then he produced our other grandchild, uh, Isaac, Isaiah. Isaiah is a really a charming individual. And our, our greatest regret is that he is so far away that we cannot love on him on a regular basis, but he is a, a very fine individual. And uh, I guess our, our proudest achievement, Rita and I, uh, have been our kids and grandkids uh, and great grandkids. Uh, uh, when we have Javen and uh, Jamari over, uh, we find the joy of seeing our uh, the very active individuals <laughs> who literally are going uh, from one room to the other and uh, pop a. Uh, uh, blowing up balloons and bursting them uh, <laughs> and uh, getting their various toys out and playing with them. Uh, it's a, a great legacy to have them come along and 
be the, the very fine individuals that they are. Where We Landed is sponsored today by KB Computers, located in the Boston Hill Center in Marion. When you find yourself in need of a computer repair, web services, or business IT, KB Computers is able to help. You will work directly with the local team that can meet your needs with amazing customer service. Open Monday through Thursday, 9 to 5.30, and Fridays, 9 to 5. The KB Computer team is ready to help. Just give them a call at 765-668-7700 or reach out to them via Facebook at facebook.com slash KB Computers, Inc. Thank you to KB Computers for sponsoring today's podcast. I feel like Scott can maybe empathize with you on the little kids running around <laughs> as he's a new papa. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a fun time. Hey, I, I have a quick question for you. And this is a tough guy question. These guys will give me a hard time because I'm always asking, they think tough questions. But um, do you have the date in June, do you remember your wedding anniversary date? What? You cannot do that to well, him. Well, and the reason I ask that is because my parents <sighs> will be celebrating their 58th year anniversary. They were born or married in 1964 as well. Oh. Theirs was on Saturday, June 6th. And I can always remember it because that was the anniversary of D Day in 1945. Uh-huh. And so I didn't know if by chance that was your anniversary date or if you're later in the month. And you can just say later. You don't even have to go for a date. I I have the real blessing of having our anniversary date on Flag Day. Ah. So on June the 14th, I know. It's your anniversary. Yes. Whenever I see flags out, I don't whoop. I better make sure I have an anniversary gift ready to to go. That's awesome. Well, congratulations on 58 years. That's uh, a true testament to you and your wife and and your commitment to each other. And so congratulations on that upcoming anniversary. Well, I I heard recently uh, the need to to renew those vows and to be aware of the evolution of your marriage. That it is not the same as the the passion that you had when you first got married. That you both change and that you have to be flexible and evolving as a couple and renew that love that you have over the years in order for it to work. And we just, we feel honored that uh, we are able to have 58 years together when it seems to be a struggle for a, a younger couple, but we hope to serve as a model for uh, a, a young couples that are coming along that you have to be willing to adjust and adapt to each other as you change over the years because you aren't going to remain the same. And it's important to keep the love in the relationship as you progress along. So uh, Rita and I have common interests. We've always had those and that has been a large part of the reason that we've been able to to stay together throughout the, the storms that uh, all couples face. So now I need to ask, you said that you guys have shared interest. Iris and I earlier were talking about with our husbands, we have uh, agreement that there are things that are 
um, that they can't go back on, right? Like I want him to go to crystal ball with me and things like that. I forget now what we call them, but anyway, so what non-negotiables, thank you. Uh Uh So we have some non-negotiables with our partners. So what are some of those things that you and Rita share in common that have really kept you guys together and, uh, that you enjoy to do together? We have our basic commitment to God through our church service that is our primary tie. We have been uh, uh, faithful members of St. Paul uh, Church uh, through the years, and it has been kind of tough during the COVID season. There, there have been... Uh, there have been Sundays that we have decided that it would be better for us to not attend. And when you have had years in which you have never missed church service and then to go through and miss for maybe a two or three week period where we decided either due to the weather or just the mere threat that COVID produces, that it would be wise not to attend in person and to attend through uh, the Facebook presentation. So that has been the, the primary challenge we've had during this time. But we both have a commitment to the Lord and to be models of his service in our community in life that has that has kept us together. We are both graduates of Marion High School. We love going to the uh, basketball games, and that has been an interruption too. When she just had her 80th birthday in the first of January this year, so we have to admit that we are getting to be senior citizens <laughs> and that we have to use discretion in our activities and not expose ourselves, especially during the pandemic. And so that has been a, a primary challenge. But uh, we try to serve the Lord in various ways. And she has a, a, a real love for people and for uh, kids, we have opened our doors for young people and we try to, to give them good advice and show them love. And that is uh, something we share. And so there are young people we track through the community and try to follow their progress and, and see that they are indeed doing well. We have, we are amazed at the number of kids out there that are really trying to make it on their own and who don't have good role models. And a lot of cases, their grandparents are providing leadership. And so we have reached out to, to various young people to try to, to provide, uh, mentoring and show them that we love them. Uh, we have worked very closely with the Black History class, too. Uh, she and I have 
worked as chaperones for the Black History Club on their trips to the historical black colleges and universities. And uh, we have worked with Bobby Owensby, who is also a member of our church, uh, on the Black History Play, which was recently completed, uh, Boss Band. That was a hoot. Uh, and it was uh, very, very, a uh, very good program uh, with uh, James Bell serving as a primary lead in that program. But uh, we have been on over 30 trips to the various colleges uh, to expose our young people to a broader world. It's amazing when you realize that a lot of those kids have never been out of the state of Indiana. And uh, uh, a number of them have gone on to college uh, to Howard University in uh, Washington, uh, to Southern University uh, down in New Orleans. We uh, have we're given four young people usually to to keep very close track on. And mm -hmm. so it was a joy taking four young ladies through the French Quarter there in New Orleans and uh, enjoy a poor boy sandwiches and <laughs> to introduce them to uh, the cuisine of New Orleans, and we had one young lady when we got ready to cross across Lake Monster Train to the city, who had to call her mother almost in fear of crossing that long causeway <laughs> to get into the city. But those basic things that we may take for granted, uh, a joy seeing <clears throat> young people grow up and have an opportunity to see what is uh, out there in the world. So those projects Rita and I have worked on together and that uh, uh, Black History class has been one of the outstanding things, seeing how Mrs. Lawrenceby works with kids and how she has literally given up her spring break every year for the last 36 plus years to see that they get exposure to the various uh, schools that are out there. We've been out on the East Coast uh, and uh, we just have had a chance to, to touch lives that way. And it's uh, uh, nice to see that these young people have gotten a chance to get that exposure and have gone on to become prominent members in, uh, in society. One that, that I will mention too, because he was a young man that grew up next door to us. Uh, his name is uh, Carlton Rose. He is now one of the international vice presidents of UPS. <laughs> and uh, when we were down in Atlanta, he opened up the gates of UPS 
headquarters rolled out the red carpet, and it was just nice to see how he has succeeded in being a powerful member of that uh, internet. <coughs> excuse me, international team of administrators and how they respect him down there. Uh, so we've had some young people from Marion go on to do some great things, and we feel like uh, we had a part in, in some of that success. All right, I think it's, um, I don't think anybody would, would argue with the impact that you've had, you and Rita have had on, on so many generations of kids, uh, gone through Marion, but I want to switch gears a little bit. You told me a few weeks ago, we were having lunch at Rotary and you told me that you had a stretch when you were working at Marion General where you didn't miss a day of work for something like nine years. That's just, um, I, I, it, it, it took me, uh, it took me back. I just can't, um, tell us more about your work at Marion General. And I can just, I mean, it's just obvious you have to love something and have a passion for it to, to be that dedicated. So we, I, uh, in, uh, the old men's rotary club that I was a part of <laughs> before we decided to combine the clubs, uh, that was a good move. And it showed maturity on the part of both clubs to combine our resources, accepting the reality that, uh, with changing economic situations in our community that it would be in both our best interests to combine the clubs. So, uh, but in the old men's club that uh, mm -hmm. I have been a part of since uh, 72, that's uh, 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 half a century. Uh, I, the, there was always the focus on regular attendance. And so, I, either through regular uh, attendance at the country club or through makeups, I, I was able to have nine years of perfect attendance. And it was, uh, really focused more on in the, in the, in the good old days, uh, uh, having regular attendance. Now, Rotary has liberalized its uh, rules so that, uh, there is as much of a focus on regular attendance. Although even with that, I still tried to keep uh, perfect attendance at uh, our combined club, which is now meeting at the Elks. Uh, I, there is a change in flavor of the club, uh, I, with our com being combined. For one thing, is there are a lot more females in, <laughs> involved in the local, in the combined club, and I think that's a good thing. I think the district is uh, looking to us as being prominent in that area of having female involvement, and our uh, incoming president is is uh, female, and so Rotary woke up to the fact that. Women have so much to contribute to the Rotary movement, and that uh, we were latecomers in opening the doors to, to women and having them uh, take an active role. Now, I don't know how, what uh, we would do locally were it not for the female input into our club. They are 
aggressive, they are smart, they are sharp, and, and they just add another dimension to the rotary movement. Uh, and not all those strong females came from JV Rotary. I mean, you had Loria Slater leading that charge for merger. You've got several other women that have come over also from that merger. And so I know for me, being a member of that club, it's been a lot of fun to to learn the members of the other Rotary, right, and what they have to offer. So I've really enjoyed it. It has been oh, a real positive uh, getting to, to meet and interact with uh, all the members of the new club. And we were, were wondering how that would work out. And I think we both, both club members uh, see the positives from our having joined together. Uh, I, and getting back to the hospital, I was very fortunate to have the opportunity, the liberty of serving on various boards, including Rotary, through the support of the hospital. They've always been very supportive of my being involved in the various uh, community activities, including the Rotary Club. So uh, I have uh, so much to be thankful for for the 38 years that I served as food service director, uh, given, having been given that opportunity by John W. Green, who was uh, a mentor for me and a good friend. Uh, he gave me an opportunity when I was looking for employment and he opened the doors of the hospital and was always a friend and supporter for me personally uh, in my professional career. I had the opportunity to work at the hospital on the when I graduated from Purdue as assistant food manager and uh, the manager at that time, uh, Jim Kesson, uh, opened the doors for me to serve. And then I served as a uh, food service manager at uh, Auto C at Hospital in Cincinnati during the, a period of, from my graduation from Purdue to becoming back, coming back under John Green as food service director. And I just have nothing but admiration for those men who gave me an opportunity when I was uh, seeking to start my career. Uh, Mr. Green was uh, uh, just a foundational creature at the hospital. He uh, gave great leadership during the, the lean times and then he was always a friend of mine, uh, one who would come to the office and just talk personally. And I would, uh, at a time when I was really seeking to start my career, he opened the doors. And so I have nothing but admiration for him. And he remained 
my friend all during his administration there at the, the hospital. Art, um, I know we're running towards the end of time here on our podcast. I had a two for question for you, and these could both be 30 second answers if you, if you have them. Okay. But number one, um, what would you change about our community after you've been here for 70 years? And number two, what do you love about our community that you would say, don't ever change that about our community here in Grant County? I, I always have to come back to this matter of communication. We have to, in one fashion or another, communicate with each other and really open up our hearts to each other where we as individuals relate across the table from each other on uh, the shortcomings in Marion, Indiana and realize that each of us have a God-given responsibility to love each other and to open up our hearts to each other on this matter of race relations. We have to uh, make each other aware of our own individual desires and needs that we as like people desire the same things that you desire for your families, that our kids have an opportunity to uh, work and have productive lives in our community, and that we have a, a sensitivity to talk to each other in an open fashion about how our lives are. Uh, because uh, it is, it's just imperative that we just know how each of us are as citizens of this community and how we desire to have uh, positive things happen for ourselves and our kids. Uh, I know my greatest joy is that my four kids have become adults and that they have been positive influences and that they care for uh, individuals and, and that they are distressed when we have uh, negative influences affecting our our world and our society. Uh, I, I have, well, uh, my, my political inclination is, has always been the Republican Party. And uh, as my dad was a strong Republican and how he, uh, we always reflected the Republican Party as the party of Lincoln, how Lincoln emancipated the slaves and how he was a force in changing our world and freeing the slaves. And then I, I see the current trends in the Republican Party towards being the party of of Trump and how that how that has been such a negative influence 
and I just I was just so overjoyed to see uh, President Obama become president because that to me shed that our society was changing towards being truly the party of everyone, uh, a society of everyone. And then the, I just marvel at we were able to survive the, the last four years and what I feel were very negative influences. And, and I have had great joy to see President Biden take over. And then as a move towards sanity, towards a, a more san, uh, sane approach to our world. And then that uh, I always had great faith in our society that we would overcome the negatives and that it would be a, a society of, where everyone had his share in uh, enjoying the blessings of liberty. And so I'm, I'm, I have strong hopes under our present president that we will go back to the more traditional values and that our democracy is safe. Because uh, after January 6th of last year, I wondered uh, how safe is our so society, how safe is our democracy when uh, we have that insanity happen when I, I never expected that to happen in our world. But getting back to the, the positives, I have been involved in Grand County for over uh, 70 years now. And I have been very happy to live in Marion. Uh, it has given my family and myself a chance to have some very positive effects and uh, to enjoy the blessings of, of our community. Grant County is a very generous county. And you realize that uh, as a member of the Rotary Club, to when you see all of the activities and services that we provide here in this community, we are one of the most generous counties in the state of Indiana. We have so many public service activities, non-for-profits, uh, uh, the community foundation that are geared to help people. And uh, I would encourage anyone that is in need of, of services that they uh, explore the uh, many activities that are, are available, either through uh, contacting the chamber or uh, the uh, various organizations that are out there with a open arms and uh, uh, a willingness to help uh, from the youngest to the oldest in our community. Grant County is very generous uh, in in willingness, his willingness to help others, other people who are needing help in our our community. Well, Art, I think that's a great place to uh, to end it here. Um, 
we are so thankful that you're a part of our community and that you've you've been such a, a generous and important part of our community for so many years. And I'm thankful for you, your family, and um, yeah, thanks for being with us today. Hope yeah. hope you enjoyed uh, your time here with us. It wasn't wasn't too bad. It has been a very good experience <laughs> to to have a chance to to comment about a county and city that I love and which has, has been very positive for Rita, myself, and our, our kids. Uh, our, our kids are doing well and are successful because of having us having the blessing of, of growing up in Grant County and having getting a great start here. Thanks, Art. Thank well, you, Art. Um, thanks everybody for listening. Um, new episodes come out every Thursday and we will see you next week. See ya. Bye. Today's podcast was engineered by Kyra Montero of Frequency Canvas.